everyone, and welcome to the Awkward Girl Pod Ventures, episode 13, Black Dynasty. Happy Black Month. Oh, I can't even talk. I'm so excited. Happy Black History Month, y'all. I have so many things to share with y'all on this episode. It is just me and my slick back bun this episode. No special guests, just the interviews I was able to do, and I'm going to get to that later. But first, I'm going to kick it off with things to do around Atlanta for Black History Month. So these are just like some places that you can go during this month or you can go in your leisure time because I'm not sure how the weather is going to go. But you can go to the birthplace of Martin Luther King that is located off 501 Auburn Avenue. And since you're going to be off of Auburn, Auburn Avenue, the King Center is located at 449 Auburn Avenue as well. Something that I, I did last year, I went to the National Center for Civil and Human Rights Museum, which is awesome. It made me kind of get in my feelings, so be prepared, because it shows a lot of things that the city went through during the Civil Rights Movement. So that's um, downtown. I'll put like the addresses and everything down in the episode notes, because I didn't put that on my notes right now. So the next place I recommend to go visit is the Atlanta University Center that's the AUC where Clark and Morehouse and Spelman just to you know see you know how the college life is if you didn't you know something to see and for general Atlanta history just not not black history I put this on here the Atlanta History Center that's off um what is that off it's in Buckhead but that's a, a good place to see as well because it gives you Atlanta history it gives you Atlanta black history all in one another of my favorite is the apex museum is um, located off of in Auburn Avenue as well so that's a good place to um, see a lot of you know Atlanta history because if you don't know uh, Auburn Avenue is where a lot of uh, we had to shop we were segregated to that area doing like the Jim Crow season or uh, you know segregation time frame so that's where a lot of uh, black businesses are still and were during that time so if you have time just walk down Auburn Avenue visit the businesses that are there and read the the black history facts that they have out there and you know I try to go there and spend my money because Embar is down there we have my homegirl Nicole Garner she has her workspace for women down off uh, Auburn Avenue as well so that's a good place to kind of just see how the city was and they have a statue of John Wesley Dobbs he was deemed the mayor of Sweet Auburn he deemed that phrase Sweet Auburn so it's a statue down there of him and you can actually read about his contributions to like the the wealth of that area as well so those are just some few places that you can go but I do recommend you go just tour down Auburn Avenue and the market down there is awesome because my grandmother used to take me to the Auburn Street, Sweet Auburn Market as well. That's the first time I think I saw like a, a whole pig. It's, it's wild down there, but you get some fresh meats and fresh everything down there. So check that out. I might add some extra ones because I know I'm forgetting some places, but those are the, the heavy hitters that you need to visit. Um, not only for Black History Month, just anytime that you feel like you need to learn more about Atlanta history. And I do want to, I want everybody to get on their phones and get on Instagram and follow 
um, love beyond walls because this is something that I am trying to get the word out about. I really support Terrence and what he's doing. Um, he's actually going to walk from the National Center for Civil, Civil and Human Rights Museum to um, Memphis, Memphis um, to bring awareness to uh, poverty and homelessness. So he does a lot of great things for the city of Atlanta. Um, you know, trying to give, he did like a hire Mark, this guy named Mark, he got him a job, he was homeless, and he got him a job, he um, just helped this young man, now he has a story um, on his website, but I want you to follow him right now, it is Love Beyond Walls, and he's actually doing a, uh, he's a, doing a rally on March the 3rd, I'm actually going to go, it's like a send-off rally, um, you can actually donate, he has the link in his bio, anything, any small amount, because he's actually going to be walking 386 miles from Atlanta to Memphis to bring awareness of, you know, poverty and homelessness. And this is his second go around. He did this in 2016, I believe. Don't quote me. But um, I really commend what this young man is doing. He's bringing awareness to a lot of situations that's going on in Atlanta and helping a lot of homeless people get back on their feet. He has like a, a center, I think, in College Park where he's helping people get back on their feet, helping them get interviews and helping them to get out of poverty and homelessness. So please follow him and please join me down there on March the 3rd to send him off on his journey. And he will be actually documenting his whole journey from here to uh, Tennessee as well. So um, that's something I'm really passionate about. So I want you guys to actually support him as well. I do have a black history fact because somebody wanted me to share something that no one really knows, so or, or individual that no one really talks about. So this lady, um, Annie Malone, she was brought to my attention last year actually because I um, went on a Black History Month tour courtesy of Toyota. I went to Madam C.J. Walker's home or her estate in Irvington, New York. And someone put in the comments was like, ask them about Annie Malone and you know, you need to research her. And I was just like, well, I'm not gonna be disrespectful on this tour and ask about Annie Malone and I'm not sure who Annie Malone is. So I did some research um, about her and she really don't really get any shine uh, because it was a little known fact, um, Madam CJ Walker actually worked for her because she um, actually developed the hair products to straighten African-American women's hair without damaging it first and had like an entire hair care line of products and everything that was, spe you know, specifically for black women. So she started that and she moved her business to St. Louis in 1902. So it was uh, Madam C.J. Walker was actually an employee of hers, but nobody really talked about Annie Malone. So that is your little known black history fact that I want to share with you guys. Give Annie Malone her props because she actually started, was, you know, a chemist and an entrepreneur. And I guess, you know, Madam C.J. Walker learned a lot of her um, business ethic from her because she was employed by her because she was actually doing the same thing, selling door to door, doing demonstrations and things like that. So shout out to Annie Malone, you know, a pioneer in the, the hair game. And so I do want to kind of segue into what I did this past weekend, which was 
something really fun. Um, I went to SCAD. They had their sixth annual um, ATV Fest, which is like what they bring. Um, it's a celebration of design, creativity, and innovation in television and digital media. So I was actually able to interview. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about the Dynasty crew. This is a reboot from, you know, the hit from 1980. And um, I interviewed Grant Show, who plays Blake Carrington on the show. And um, I, then I, she was, I can't get it together today, y'all. Excuse me. I had Elizabeth uh, Got Gillies. She plays Fallon Carrington. And Sam, he plays Jeff Kobe. And so I'm going to kick it to the interview with them. And then I'll be right back. I'm here with the cast of Dynasty. How y'all guys doing? Good. Great, how you doing? Good. So I'm an Atlanta native, so I have to ask you, in your spare time, have you guys had a chance to get out on the scene and see anything around the city? Liz yeah. knows the entire city. I <laughs> do because I'm, I love food, and yeah. so yeah. I it's got impressive. a lot of recommendations from people, and then I just ate at every restaurant. I did. Not every restaurant. This is the, the most idiotic part. I can't have red meat or dairy, so that really limits oh, things. Yeah. However. I've had some of the best food here. Places what's, your what's your favorite restaurant? What's your, yeah, what's your favorite? My favorite restaurant, I've come, I mean, okay, so I really love The Optimist at first. I really love Aria. I love JCT Kitchen. Oh, you've been around. Oh, yeah, I love West Egg. I love Umi. Okay, yeah. Uh, Echo. West Egg is my favorite. Soto Soto. Soto Soto. We love Soto Soto. Soto It's kind of a standby for us. Okay. Yeah. Saint Cecilia used to eat there a lot. I like Barcelona, too. Yeah, Barcelona's great. Barcelona's great on a Sunday. I basically just eat here. And then I just discovered Revolution Donuts, which is unfortunate because now everything's going to be really different for me and my wardrobe and my sizes. So it's going to be fun. I've been pushing to go to Super Rica for about a month now. Poor there. baby. Today. I know we're going to go tonight. We're going to go tonight. We're going to do Must that for you. Good. It's really good. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> the the style on the show is impeccable. Yeah. Thank so you. how much input do the do you guys get for your wardrobe? I get to have a lot of input. Yeah. I yeah, feel like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah y'all are all fly. You, you. I do yeah, like your wardrobe. I appreciate right. that. Right. Yo, yeah, Meredith allows some input and allows, you know, I mean, I've worked in, in, in a, a designed menswear before, like okay. a motorcycle biker line. So, you know, I can bring some of my taste and flavor to, to the character, nice. which is really, really cool. Um, there's even influences of like Nigerian culture that will like, you know, make uh, a debut later nice. down the line. So it's it's uh, it's fun. It's, it's really, really, really great. Okay, so this question is for all you guys. Okay. What is one thing that you lo love most about your guy's character? I love that he's neither good nor bad. He, he, he does, he's got all aspects, and you can't classify him as the baddie, you know, but he can do some pretty bad stuff. Right. I would kind of say the same. Um, you know, I, I think there's a storyline right now that for Jeff on the surface would make him perceivably to be a villain. Right. Um, uh, which, you know, I, I think there's a lot of similarities Grant and I have spoken between Jeff and, and Blake, you know, in, in ways Blake is that mentor father figure that Jeff was missing from his life and Jeff is the son that Blake kind of never had and yeah. you kind of see them both fighting for their families in the ways they feel justified and, and right and to Grant's point, you know, that can be good, that can be evil, that's left up to the honest to decide, but, you know, you pursue it and you pursue it vehemently and that's, that's really fun to do, you know, at the end of the day, Jeff is, to, to me, is kind of like this broken guy trying to, like, you know, connect back again and, and making, some would say, some poor decisions in his way in, in doing that. Um, um, and there will be casualties, you know, but uh, he, 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 he means well. I think he means well, but it's, it's somewhat misdirected. Right. And that's fun to play. All the characters have tons of layers. That's why it's yeah. hard to really pin them down or mm -hmm. find a villain. One day one person's a villain, next day the other person's right. a villain. Right, because I'm just like... It's also fascinating. I mean, like, I watch it and, like, 
we're close to our characters, and you know, we've had a couple spats. We're in a weird place right now, Jeff and Fallon, and we just found out some stuff. And yet, still online, people are like, I think I'm still Team Jeff and Fallon. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> but for someone sees something, and they're like, I don't know, I want to wait it out. And I like that. It's mm -hmm. like people are making their own decisions. We're right. not informing, we're not telling people and forcing people to think something on the show. We're always confusing them and leaving them like, I still kind of, I'm going to go with this person for another couple weeks. Oh, I'm glad I did. Look what happened there. So it's fun. It's a roller coaster. Right. Your fans are awesome because I follow Rob and it's still like they're still rooting for Michael and, and Fallon too. They're like, we hope that you're still going to get together. Like his comments are crazy. So your fans yeah. are like totally awesome. They're into it. So I do appreciate the diversity on the show. Yeah. I do have a question for you, Sam. Sure. Like, how hard was it for you to adapt, you know, because Jeff in the original was a Caucasian man, and now he's, a, you know, African-American. How hard was you kind of to kind of get into that role and kind of any challenges that you faced, or was there any challenges at all? No, I mean, you know, when, when you have a juggernaut of a show like this that was, that was, it was so influential in its time, you know, you, you definitely recognize that there's a responsibility going into to create good work you know I don't think that it was difficult to reprise John James's iconic role and take on on Jeff Colby um, because it, we were mentioning it, it could for all intents and purposes be a completely different show uh, and they created a storyline for Jeff that you know resonated with me you know I'm a Nigerian uh, immigrant came from humble beginnings and hard-working family and half my siblings are doctors and that was kind of just trajectory as well and kind of bootstrapping his way uh, up I, you know I, I think the the challenge more was so, you know, in what direction do you want to do? Where, where, where do you want to take this? You know, I think the pilot was just kind of trying to figure it out. Um, and and being that there was so much that wasn't given about Jeff, I think the first several episodes, he was kind of this mystery. You're figuring out, like, what, what is this guy really about? Right. You know, you, you, you got to make a choice. You, you make a choice and you, and you go down that path. And with the information you have at the time, you, 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 you make it believable. And, um, I, I've just found like now that I know more of this history and I want to know a lot more about the Kobe's and, and what the history is between the Kobe and the Carrington's and um, you know the uh, the sweeter days between Blake and Jeff mm -hmm. you know I, I want to know what, what at what point that went sour because um, I think that'd be really really cool to explore and, and play with cool one last questions what is on you guys playlist what are y'all listening to currently mm. a lot of Stevie Wonder right now okay I'm listening to Boogie on Reggae Woman, like, so you missed this movement. <laughs> it happened, we were all out, and it came on, and it's been the only thing playing on set for, like, we're in a bit of a, we have to kind of pick a new song now, where we've kind of played it out. Okay. But I've been listening to a lot of, a lot of jazz, and a lot of, like, I'll find, like, nine-minute-long live jazz things and just play that in the hair and makeup trailer. Okay. Group called Japanese House, they're kind of I don't like know new music, by the way. Vibes, rhythm, e, cool, just something you throw on on a Saturday, chill, okay. read, and write, yeah. I have a four-year-old four-year-old daughter, so I've been listening to a lot of Rafi. <laughs> Rafi. I don't even know what that is. What? Oh, uh, you just brought me back. That's funny, man. All right, thank you guys. All right, so one of the reasons I wanted to interview uh, that cast is because, which is great, they're showing more diversity because I don't know if a lot of people knew about the, the old dynasty. It was just primarily a Caucasian cast. So with this reboot, they're showing African-Americans, um, Latinos, Latinas, and, you know, showing them with wealth and opulence and showing them in a, you know, more powerful, diverse way. And I appreciate that. So that's why I really wanted to sit down and talk with the ca their cast to kind of bring light to the show. Because I watched a couple episodes. I'm going to have to watch from the beginning because I came in the middle of the season. So I'm kind of lost on the storyline. So I am going to go back to the beginning and... Um, 
watch it so I can get a clarity of what's going on because to the interview them, I did want to watch a couple of episodes to kind of get a feel of, you know, what was going on. But I'm super excited about the next show I had is Black Lightning. That is my favorite show. And I think you're going to be able to tell in the interview how excited I was because I love this show and everything. So I sat down with Chris Williams. He's Black Lightning. Christine Adams, she plays Lynn Pierce, which is the wife. Nefessa Adams, she's Anissa and also Thunder. Uh, Chana Ann McLean, she plays Jennifer. Marvin Jones, um, the third, which is Tobias. And Damon Gupton, he's the Detective Henderson. And James Remar, which he plays Peter Gamby. So y'all check out this interview. So I'm here with China, girl. You've been killing it. I just wanted to tell you this is my favorite show. I'm gonna tell everybody. I've been looking at this and supporting y'all and telling everybody. So I just looked at the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I have a quick question. Uh-oh. So is it a little? Uh, did y'all try to give us a little hint? Because I picked up on something with the lightning earring when you was visiting your boo in the hospital. Look at that smile. Um, I'm I'm going to say that Jennifer will definitely have power. I, I knew it. Yeah, she definitely develops powers as well. Um, and it's very interesting because you've never really seen what it's like to get the powers. You always are introduced to the superhero after. Mm-hmm. You know, they get them and they're used to having them and they've already went through the process of, like, what does this mean? I don't, do I want to be different? Do I want this? And so, um, yeah, that was definitely a little hint. I thought, I, I picked up, I picked up on, I picked on a, a lot of stuff. I said, <laughs> let me just, I'm going to pull it back because I'm going to release this after the episode. So I'm going to let my, my audience see if they pick it up and like yeah but I just love your character so, <laughs> thank you one last question uh-huh. do you have any characteristics that's similar to your character in the show oh my gosh well my character is um very independent in the show but at the same time her parents and her family are her best friends and that's something that I can really relate to because my family they are my best friends and we're very very close and also she can be like real sassy at times <laughs> and I love <laughs> it So we're continuing on with the next star of Black Lightning. So yes, Miss Thunder. (laughs) Hey girl. And I love that you're setting it off. Oh, thank you. So how is it transitioning into your superhuman powers? How is that coming up for for my character? For your character. You know, it's one of those things I like to equate it to what it may have been when she was coming out of the closet as a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And not being a lesbian. But wanted to really tell that story in an authentic way. I like to. I like to think that you're you're watching Anissa go on this journey that she's not quite really understanding or not sure who to talk about it to or if it's time. And I like to think that it's pretty, you know, parallel to when she was maybe coming out as a lesbian and just having that struggle and not sure how to go about doing it because she's discovered these powers. But there's a struggle that comes with that. Like, am I a freak? Do I mention this to anybody? Are my parents going to trip out? You know, am I going to be looked at? differently but what's so dope about Thunder is she really don't give a damn she walks unapologetically in who she is and And she's bold and I believe not only black women but all women need to see themselves on TV and what drew me to the character was that she was so strong and powerful and she didn't you know back down I don't know if you guys watched the first episode but absolutely getting arrested the first day for for protesting and they called me Harriet Tubman so I just watched the last episode I saw that they was hating a little bit yeah but I love it because we keep Harriet Tubman's name alive so it's just this journey of you know who she's becoming as a young woman and, and, and discovering these powers and you see her go through the journey of that absolutely yeah yes absolutely hey, thank you. Hey.
So you know I'm a kind of a superhero, you know, fanatic. You was in Batman Returns. I was, Batman Begins. Yes, so yes. I was just like, where do I know her from? <laughs> you must have been watching that film good, because yes. that's like a short scene. It doesn't matter, you was there. <laughs> I know that's right. So how does it feel, you know, working back with the DC family? You know, this is like a totally different thing. Obviously, working on a, fi a film like that, you know, much bigger, bigger concept, big production. You know, in a way, it, it, you're, mu you're a much smaller part of a, of a bigger machine. You know, Batman has such a mythology, and, you know, it, it, it definitely, you're sort of stepping into something. Whereas, you know, Lightning, this is, this is the first time anybody's ever seen it on television. So, you know, what we're doing is completely fresh. Like, nobody's ever seen these characters move and walk talk and see you know you've seen it in the comic books but not on the screen so you know it feels really exciting and, and you know Salim and Nora are real they are collaborators you know and, and they are really good at kind of they have a vision and they really stick to that vision and I think they've really achieved it with the show but they're also very good about you know like well, what do you think like right. what do you think that character would do and you know just 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 do it how you do it you know and I think that's really important and I think you know we're all as a as a cast of actors we're all really invested in what the show is it, it means something to us you know yes, we, right. we care about yes, it because we, we know it, it it means something to the audience so we're not we're not frivolous with the material you know we're all invested and like we get I get like hurt if somebody says anything negative about the show because it's like our baby you know we've been living with it for a year we know what it means we know what the vision is we know the stories we want to tell and that we're going to tell and this is just the beginning I mean people think they've seen but they haven't seen and oh, we're right. gonna go like deep we're going deep so I just want to say thank you to these out to you guys because this is needed you know uh, in this era of the reality TV shows I'm so happy that we have this thank I am you. so thank you guys thank you. because this is something that you know I have adolescents nieces and nephews this is something that they can sit down and actually watch to have substance and so you know I love it that's why I had to tell you guys it's my favorite show I'll be telling everybody to watch it so Chris my question to you. Yeah. So did you have to change like your workout regimen or anything to get, you know, ready for this role? Because you do a lot of extra stuff now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately, like, I mean, I think right around the time when I turned, uh, when I was 39 going into 40, I had just had a knee surgery and I was just, I was a lot heavier than I ever wanted to be. And so I, it, that change started then. And fortunately, I became like a fan of working out and everything. So this came along and I, it was kind of like already what I had, what I've been doing, I just had to turn it up. So, you know, going from two hours of working out to like two and a half, three hours of working out. Um, now the fight aspects is a whole new thing that I, I know boxing, but I didn't know martial arts. And so that's something that I'm still learning. I, and I, I'm, I am so thankful. I have a great uh, stunt double who is awesome at it. And um, he's trained, helped and trained me, but also in the things that I can't do, he can do. Awesome. And let's <laughs> see. Okay, okay, okay. I can see it, I can yeah. see it. I didn't want to blow your cup. <laughs> so as far as the suit, did yeah. you have any input on how to design or anything? No, I mean, when I first saw it, honestly, they showed me a picture of the classic suit and then they showed me a picture of the new suit and um, they showed me the classic and I was already like, oh, and then they showed me the 
introduced to it and I actually screamed out loud yeah. um, because it just looked amazing. And so um, I just, I really believe that like, you know, I spent, you know, a big part of my life to study in acting and the people who design these suits spend a big part of their life studying these things. So I let them do what they're going to do. Um, and and trust that they know what they're doing just like they you know they're not going to come on the, on the set and tell me how to act so um, it looked great and I was like excited to wear it made me feel like I wanted to run through a wall so I was ready to go yeah, perfect yeah and to you thank you for letting us lead the, the episode four I picked yeah, up on no. some little some little tidbits oh, that yeah. I had talked to China about in that little interview but I ain't gonna say too much more but thank you for that <laughs> it's awesome well I would like to say thank you as well because Black Lightning is so Building. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin, this is for you. I got it okay, very wow. quickly. Wow. Mm. The way you choked that Lala, oh. just, I felt that on a spiritual level, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. It should have been felt spiritually. Yeah, I, I felt it. I, I felt it. How, how did you prepare for that role? Because, you know, I'm trying so hard not to like you, but I like you. Like, you like my favorite villain right now. Oh, <laughs> he scares the light. So, that's because he's bringing humanity that's to it. That's yeah. what it is. Yes. Yeah. He's a human yes. being. He's not just an autonomous. I just, um, after how I prepare for a role, I, um, I went into it knowing nothing um, and being honest with myself. You know, when I say I knew nothing, meaning that I didn't, I didn't go in it um, with this preconceived notion that I had it or I, I, I had a handle on it. And um, even though I had the job of playing the role, I didn't, I didn't um, treat it like, you know, um, I'm a master of being a villain, and, and I studied, and I was honest with myself, you know, I, I have parts of me that are, are, are dark, and I do it, I think, by the grace of God, I've suppressed those things every single day, you know, I make a choice, I walk out of my door and I say, leave him under the bed, don't even let him get up, you know, and I think we all do that. Uh, we all have that part of us, um, and, and I, I was honest and, and said, you know what, um, I have to let go of that oppression, that self-oppression of those darker sides, and, and let them out, let it, let, it, let it be for the sake of my character, Okay. and, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that it, it's creating a reality for you, and I hope that it's showing, like my brother said, humanity and layers, and, and, and I hope it's instilling fear. Because that's that's what my job is. Mm -hmm. So you got that down to a T. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very scared. I'm very scared. I'm almost scared to give you eye contact. <laughs> For you, I love your character too, because you push that lightning to be to just own it. So is there any preparation that you did for your character coming in, kind of being like the ace Bukun to Black Lightning? Well, I, I I'm the old man of the cast, and and so. The fact that I've got you know 20 years on the on, on, on the next the next youngest one is is is, is preparation in itself uh, because I, I I get to play him as an avuncular or a paternal kind of guy you know I'm just, I'm, I've been around and and yet what I'm what I'm trying to do is 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 just keep it as honest as possible in terms of preparation uh, I don't really know how you prepare for for a role that is revealed to you as the actor uh, script by script by script yeah. if you're doing a, a movie or a play you, uh, you you know you get the whole thing and so you prepare for it from beginning to end but when we're doing this you got to got to be on your toes it's a kind of acting 
that you can prepare for initially and you get the rough idea. Uh, but as it unfolds, you know, you, you have you have to prepare the night before. And and so I ha I've had to take the realities and the parameters of the relationship and, and keep those very authentic and you know, from my draw from my own experience as a as a parent, as a friend, as as a friend and even and a parent to, to someone who's kind of unusual. Uh, or, or in difficult circumstances, or in circumstances where, you know, I may be the only one of, 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 of my particular kind, you know, and so I've, I've drawn largely on personal experience and I've delved into my memory and my emotional memory more so than anything else in terms of prepping for the role uh, and, and, and looking around uh, for examples to, to set me free to play the role. And I was, I was telling some other guys over there that, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to uh, have this be some kind of, uh, you know, mentor, benign, you know, great white tailor sort of thing, uh, being nice to the black man, you know, because it, it, that, that was just bullshit, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I saw him. You know, I saw I saw a book signing. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just finished signing Coach Wooden and Me, and they had a long-term relationship where they worked together and they, they they really enlightened each other in many many ways. And that that the picture of them together, working together and creating a dynasty at UCLA, and then Kareem going on to be like the greatest ball player of all time and a scholar. A scholar, uh, you know. More importantly, and he refers to himself more of, of a scholar than, than a uh, than an athlete. Uh, that 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 set me free to, to play the character because there was a, something of an example in real life. Perfect. Thank you, Damon. Dr. Henderson is a, uh, a guy who believes that vigilantes are not good. Yes. Who's cleaning up his mess? This man is tearing up stuff. He's getting people hurt. You know, I can't have that. I'm a man of the law. Okay. Yeah. It's the law. The law. I have to protect, serve, period. All right. So, yes, I hope y'all enjoyed that interview. That is my favorite, favorite, favorite show right now. So... Um, I'm going to bring this show to a close, and I hope you enjoyed it. But I do want to share um, a self-care tip. This is something that I guess I've been slipping on, and this is something that I did to bring uh, clarity into my life. I actually got a new, a second cell phone. So I, now I have my life divided. So I have everything that comes to one phone is for my friends and family, and then I have one that's for business. So I don't have... Um, Hey, did you get my email text coming to my personal line? I have that going to my business. And so life is pretty good now that I have a, a clarity because sometimes now I can just turn off the business line and just focus solely on me and my friends and my family that cares about me and not trying to, you know, ask me if I, they got the text or did I check my Instagram or did I, can you post this on Instagram or all that. So now, you know, do something for you this month that brings you clarity and just take care of yourself that was one thing i did to just give me a clear division of my personal life and my business life and it was the best thing that i could have done and I'm, I'm mad at myself that i didn't do it sooner because i was getting overwhelmed by having everything come to one line and just you know getting upset that i was getting you know business messages on you know just my line and so i had to cut that out and that was the best thing that I could have done. So I do also have the email guys. So if you have any 
suggestions for um, the show topics, you can email me to awkwardgirlpod at gmail.com. Also, please subscribe, share, and rate this podcast. It helps with my ratings. It helps when people search for the show. So, um, also, I want to give another big shout-out to Rich Production Studios, where I record at. This is a Black-owned studio. So, if you have any recording needs, be sure to reach out to them. And I want to leave you with a quote from King Kendrick Lamar. You know, this is my favorite song, if y'all cannot pick up on that i've been playing the instrumental throughout the whole uh show the all the stars but this this line really resonated with me in this well this verse in the song it says i hate when people i hate when people feel entitled look at me crazy because i ain't invite you oh you imported you the more to the store you are dosing i don't even like you thank you kendrick thank you for that so until next time you guys Enjoy Black History Month, enjoy Valentine's Day, enjoy Mardi Gras, and whatever else you got going on. So, I'm out.